Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin. Charles here. So um, we told you yesterday that uh, one of the complaints Joe Jonas had about this, his marriage to Sophie uh, Turner is that she went out too much. It turns out just months before the complaint was she wasn't going out enough. Right, um, and that this goes back about a year exactly from now when Sophie had had their second child, who is now one year old, um, was born in July. So she was struggling after, uh, after the birth. And what we're told is that um, at least to her, it felt like Joe was insensitive to her struggles uh, because he wanted her to go out to events. Now, he may view those events as kind of work things, but for her, she just wasn't interested in doing that, and yet... For various reasons. I mean, she was struggling, um, she was self-conscious just that she had just had the child, um, and what we're being told is um, he was... Now, and I guess you could view this in two different ways. One, being supportive, saying getting out of the house will make you feel better. But the other way is that she really didn't You're want to do it, and he was pushing her. Yeah, so observers actually noticed strain in their relationship during this period, and kind of like you guys touched on, you know, Joe really wanted her to go out, and she was really struggling post-birth um, of their second child. She didn't want to be photographed. She didn't want to go out to events. She wanted to stay home. And there's a couple um, scenarios here where we're told that one event, they did go together to an event, um, and people around them noticed that Sophie did not want to be there at all, um, and and then another event shortly after, he actually went But she solo. went, uh, we should say, she went to that event. She did go, and, but and, it was very she, known she did not want to be there. Yeah, she, she made it, about it. she made it clear to people around her, it just was not what she wanted, where she wanted to be, which, exactly. is, inter which is interesting. So then the next time they had went to another event, Joe actually went solo and was very vocal, kind of actually coming off as complaining that she wasn't there, that he felt like she should be out and getting out and about, which obviously is totally different from where they stand at this time, where she is going out too much. But during this time, it was a really big challenge during their relationship. So there are two ways of looking at it, which, which I think are really interesting. One is... You know, when somebody says, I don't want to leave the house and they feel homebound, right. do you um, just simply respect, just respect it that or, or do, do you, you say push it's through because you think that that's because you think that's what's best for them? Or maybe someone else, a professional, has said that that's what's best for them. Right. And so we don't pushing. know. We don't know what the motivation was behind it. I mean, right. we don't want to overstate what we know. We just know that there was this an was issue she was complaining about. Right. And it is kind of ironic that then Joe had said later, we have different lifestyles. Going, yeah. You know? I, I guess it doesn't really matter, though, because it's, it's how Sophie feels, right? So if she feels, hey, this is, this is what I'm going through right now. If he's pushing me to do something I don't want to do, that's going to turn her off to him. And, and it doesn't kind of matter whether he thought his motivation is to get her out or whatever. If that turns her off to him, she may be looking, okay, I want out of this relationship. He's not here for me. He's not supporting me. We have two kids together now. He's got to respect me. And you can understand why that probably leads to some other problems as well. It's so, uh, um, pretty clear that, um, you know, obviously the Jonas Brothers are, and we told you that um, most of this year, what we've heard, and actually Joe said this in his divorce petition, that the kids have been with him, even though he and his brothers have been out on tour. Uh, the and tour. She, she's, in, she's in England. Right. She's working on a TV show in England. Um, but the tour continued, and last night uh, the Jonas Brothers were in Phoenix. 
And it's pretty clear that- um, They're a united is, front. Yeah, and this is taking somewhat of a toll on Joe. So this is what happened during that concert. Little hug from the from the brothers. Brown down, <laughs> bro, Joe Brown down. So um, yeah, I mean everybody knows what that's about, right? I mean it is showing a united front for Joe. Um, meanwhile, something kind of unusual happened. Um, Joe was out at a restaurant uh, in the San Fernando Valley with their two kids. The reason this is unusual is they don't put their kids even on Instagram and they were eating outside right. on Ventura Boulevard, which is a heavily traveled boulevard mm. where you probably know you're gonna get a picture taken. Right. And so uh, that was it's just a curious. Very, it's, it's such a, a, a departure. It's, yeah, a, it's departure. a departure from what I mean, let's, normally let's happens. I mean, let's call it what it is though. This is him knowing, okay, I'm number one story right now in entertainment news. There's gonna be cameras wherever I go. I wanna show that I'm a good dad, exactly what he said in the, the divorce docs. He's had the kids, he's now proving it. I don't think this is a coincidence. Hey guys, this is Emily Thornton out of Alabama. It's no surprise that Kevin and Nick are sticking beside Joe's side during this time in his life. They've always had a super close-knit bond. In my opinion, it sounds like Joe was forcing Sophie to do something she didn't want to do as far as going out, and then she started to embrace it, and Joe didn't like it. So what do you want, Joe, from her? Regardless, they do have two children together, so I'm hoping that they can push their differences aside and put the children at the center of their life. You know what, what's interesting, that they put out that statement about this being a uh, completely amicable network, but it, in the public, it is very clear people are choosing sides, and this is gonna end up being, whether they, it seems like they were trying to avoid this, but it is turning into a PR battle. It, it, a it, huge PR battle. It, it is, and it felt like that statement was written by reps. And that doesn't mean that they're necessarily that they at war, because I, I don't know that they are, but it it felt such a, like such a canned statement, too, right. to me. And, but my point is, even if they're not at war, if they aren't actually at war, once the public starts sounding off so much against or for... Well, the public always takes sides, right? Right, but how much of that affects them? This is what you wonder as it goes That's forward. True. That's true. Okay, okay, we are gonna move on. Yes, uh, moving on to a happy couple. Although this is so interesting. It seemed for a moment like they weren't a happy couple. It, it felt like they weren't a couple. Yeah, uh, talking about Al Pacino and Nor Alfala. Uh, of course, they just had uh, a baby a couple of months ago. Um, so, so, so today, we come into the office and find out that um, she that is more. filed um, for primary physical custody of this newborn child. Well, you think, oh my God, she's filed, that means they've broken up, right? Right, the fact that she's going into court and wants to establish that she has primary custody feels like there's trouble in paradise. Well, why? how could they be together if she's filing legal documents saying, I want primary custody of our kid? Well, guess what? They're together still. They are together. In fact, we're out last night uh, in West Hollywood. They, the Chateau Marmont. They went to the Chateau. And look how happy Al looks. Al looks happy, Nora's happy. Um, it does not look like what we saw in court, but there's, there's a, reason. a good reason. There's a very good reason behind it, and it starts with the letter with the number eight. 
<laughs> I don't know what the number eight is. Well, Al being 83. Oh, <laughs> well, that is a very good reason. Obviously, he's a man of an advanced age. She's only 29. So, you know, she's obviously has a lot longer life ahead of her. And she, and I think rightly so, is trying to establish what the various rights are between the two of them. By their accounts, this is a very amicable relationship. They still have a very a great fondness for each other. They're just looking to establish legally what the parenting parameters for the two of them are, which will assist them not only in this life, but as Al proceeds to the next at some point. Here's the thing. I, I, I spoke to somebody kind of in, involved in this. And I, the way it was put to me is, this is like an estate plan, that this is part of an estate plan. And it's actually a very prudent thing to do when two people um, have a kid and are not married, right. that you want to establish it because let's say something happens to Al. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, they don't have any kind of a custody arrangement and there is an issue of child support. But then the family of Al comes in and they, may, they yeah. might want to say, well, you can't do this. You establish it now before there's an issue. And frankly, if you're watching and you have a kid and you're not married, this is a good idea, even without an estate plan, when you're getting along Establish, establish the ground rule legally. Establish it that right. it's joint custody. Establish what physical and legal joint custody, whatever it is, because it's harder to do when you break up and there's bad blood than when you're together <laughs> and things are going yeah. okay. Har Harv, one other point to bring up is that as part of these filings, there's an acknowledgement from by him that he is the father. Now I know this has been established already. Oh, it's important. It's very important that so so those issues are now out of the way, right? He has other children. Who knows how they feel about the That's new right. child? Presumably Absolutely. they're completely supportive. But if they're not, it could lead to problems. They're trying to get in front of those now. This was very smart. And they had a delicious meal. <laughs> Jesse, as far as looking from Hamburg, California, so I think it's wild that he had a kid at 83 years old. I think that was a story on TMZ not that long ago. Uh, I'm pretty sure that pregnancy wasn't planned either. So in all fairness, none of this makes sense. If they're still together, why is she going after legal custody no, again? No, is she no. preparing to separate? But if you want to talk, well, if you want to talk about what doesn't make sense, can I just ask? Oh, don't you have I a know. closet where yes, you can why hang it as opposed to nailing? Why are the t-shirts all over the wall? Why are you nailing? Oh my god! I mean, fold those I, things up, man. Put it in a dresser drawer. What do you got going on there? <laughs> Closets are us. Go Kings, go. The conversation between Kevin Costner and Christine Baumgartner, or at least between their attorneys, imagine when something like this. So you want to play games, huh? You want to play games? You want to play games with words and, you know, what does understand mean? It's gonna cost you. Yep. And it ended up costing Christine Baumgartner a, a decent amount of money. I mean, we've been talking about such huge numbers in this divorce where he's paying 63000 a month. In child support, she so Costner, wanted two hundred fifty thousand. So Costner now cost her, get it? Yeah, um, a little more than fourteen thousand dollars because of shenanigans. Yes. Yeah, it's not the number that necessarily is eye popping. It's fourteen thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars and fifty cents that Christine has to fork over to Kevin's lawyers. But the reason uh, she has to fork it over is because of the shenanigans in terms of how she was answering discovery questions about that prenup when she was asked, "Do you understand? Did you understand the terms of the prenup when you signed it?" So let's, <laughs> bit, Derek. Let me just stop you for a second because before you get into what happened. Sorry. The reason that question is important is that when Kevin had her sign the prenup, to make it valid, what you have to do is make sure she has her own lawyer and that she understands 
what she is signing. Right. Those are true elements. True of all prenups. Those right. are true of all prenups, and they're elements of making them valid. So the question, do you under, did you understand what you were signing, is highly relevant because it's an element of making a prenup valid. So Continue. enter the shenanigans. That, that, that's exactly right. So when asked this question, did you understand the terms of the prenup you were signing, her lawyers objected and said, well, what does understand mean? What does this really mean in this context? And Kevin too responded. Vague, they and, they went and they went back and forth and back and forth. And then and Kevin's lawyer, Laura Wasser, ended up going to the judge and saying, dude, she didn't say dude. But <laughs> I would hope she didn't say. I I, she said in legal Your form, honor, dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, what is going on here? I mean, we're we're doing this dance around a word when that so everybody obvious. knows what it means. Right. It's obvious what they're doing. Right? And the and judge saw it that way as well and said, look, this is just shenanigans. These are delay tactics. These are fair questions that you need to answer. And because you didn't do so, I'm going to order you to pay Kevin's lawyers the fees in fighting this stupid battle, $14,000. It's a big indication that this judge is saying, hey, Cut the crap and, and and let's get down to brass tacks and maybe an indication that the prenup's going to stand up. Stick to the prenup and let's get this over and done with. Well, the judge kind of indicated, played the played his hand already that the prenup, he thinks the prenup is valid by saying she that she had out. to be out of the house by the time the date that the prenup said. So now the question, look, Christine has lost big in terms of child support. Like you said, Derek, she wanted $248,000 a month. She's getting $63,000 a month, which is exactly what Kevin said was fair. So he won that battle. Now the question, will she challenge the prenup? There are high stakes here because if she challenges the prenup and she loses, she will have to return the $1.5 million he advanced her and pay all of her attorney's fees in the challenge of the prenup, which could amount to a that's lot of money. That's at least the 1.5, right? No, no, the 1.5 would automatically go back. In addition to the 1.5, well, she has to pay his attorney's fees. Yeah, this is Party live and direct from Planet Earth. Hope taught us nobody wins when the family feuds. With that said, the wife's gotta stop playing games. 63K is enough, you understood, Stop playing semantics. We've already, already had Yellowstone taken away from us, and now you want to play games in court. Go ahead and take the 63K, pack it up, and get on the body here, man. Stop I, I, listen, you can you blame, know this is game. You can't listen, blame Yellowstone you, on You Christine. can't blame her for that. But it is true. It is being taken away from us. We're uh, all losing in that sense. Well, um, uh, Although, Matt McConaughey is going to take it over. I, I like Matt McConaughey, but. I know, Kevin Costner. You know. Okay, we're gonna move on. Yes, uh, to Britney Spears' uh, trip down to Mexico. Um, and Britney out, we actually haven't seen, when was the last time we saw out? Britney out in public. Mexico, the uh, last time she went to Mexico. Did, yeah, I guess this, we'd just have to wait for every time she goes to Mexico. She was in Cabo and she uh, heard some music playing and decided to go in and do a little dancing. Little, sort of? It's different than her Instagram dance. Right. She's much more uh, Demure. free Demure. with her dancing when she's at home. But uh, yeah, in public. So the, the guy there is her bodyguard. Um, and the woman in red was with them as well. Um, but she was there for a little bit. It, it, there weren't a lot of people like sort of. No, they weren't gawking or anything I mean, like this that. guy clearly recognized her. 
and is trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, this guy, but you would think that if Britney Spears walked into like a little tiny bar in Mexico that everyone would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But yeah, it didn't seem like too many people realized it was her. Um, but we are told that some people did try to, you know, like take pictures with her and everything. And she had even posted about this dancing video. I mean, we actually ha we, we actually have this, which is- Because it is- Interesting. It is interesting, her description of it all. I'm embarrassed as hell, like uh, I, like a lost idiot is her description. I heard music and horns from my car. I walked in like a deer in headlights and had no idea I was being recorded from all sides, okay? I'm only human and I have no idea what the hell is going on with my hair, <laughs> but I made a pit stop in Mexico. Here I goes. can follow up to that point. This is where it goes off the rails. I'm headed to Italy now to grab my favorite spaghetti and meatballs. I know the owner there, so hopefully he can get me in through the back door. So she just landed in Van Nuys. No. <laughs> that would be a really quick flight to Italy. That's or exactly it could in the have valley, been but. like Little Italy in San Diego, but I just feel oh, like if yeah. you're going to like the country of Italy, going to Mexico first and then to Italy kind of seems like a lot. So um, she is now back in yeah, LA. Back in LA yeah. She's Again, took her private jet from Cabo San Lucas to the Van Nuys Airport, and she is back ensconced in her home. Hi, my name is Anissa. I'm from Houston. Uh, my heart goes out to Brittany during this divorce. She's been through so much, so I'm happy to see she appears to be doing well and enjoying herself. I'm rooting for her and her for this new chapter. She deserves it. She does. She does. Remember when uh, Logan Paul had that very sweet uh, proposal to Nina Ogdahl? He cried. Yeah, he cried, and everyone thought, oh, this is so sweet, and it, and it was, right? And we even talked about really, it. It was really, really sweet. And he said it was a very emotional moment. For Nina Ogdahl, being engaged to Logan Paul comes at a price, and one that she is not happy about, one that uh, forced her to file a lawsuit and seek a restraining order against Dylan Dennis. Who is who, the guy that Logan is going to fight. Yeah, and uh, Dylan has been trolling Logan, but he's been using Nina to do it by posting all sorts of photos of her, um, some of them including uh, nude photos, and she is not happy with this harassment. No, she has filed a lawsuit now, Charles. She's also asking for a restraining order. She says she's been humiliated by these posts. And she says, by the way, more than 250 times that Dylan Danis has, has referenced Nina on social media. Now, uh, out of those 250 times, there are a couple different instances that she points to, including something on October, on, excuse me, uh, August 11th, that uh, she claims violated state and federal law, hmm. uh, something that Dylan had posted. And obviously, um, that is really the grounds for w what she is going uh, after him now. She's asking, uh, she doesn't specify, but at least um, $150,000 per violation. She says that uh, he ended up uh, actually taking down this post on August 11th, but only after the promotion that's putting on the fight literally threatened to cancel the entire event if he did not remove what he had posted. That's I have a bad. question about this. He posted naked pictures of her, correct? Yeah, uh, so, amongst other things. Yeah. Okay, so my question is this. Does that, and, and you know, I, I wish we had Jason out here right now because I, I would love to find out. Could this constitute revenge porn? I realize revenge porn typically is with two people. Someone that you were with. But right. he is with, I mean, there's a connection between Logan, Nina, and Dylan. And if he is doing this out of revenge, what does it really matter whether it's revenge against 
well, uh, Logan or her well, if she, if he's posting I will say this. her picture. She's alleging that he stole, at least, that she's insinuating well, that's that, no, that's that he exactly, Charles. Right, to get some of those photos. There was no, something, yeah, well, well, some of these, uh, these, these materials were actually, she says, not posted by her, but were contained on her device, on her phone, and that somebody would only have had access to it, allegedly, if they were to hack her phone. So that's why I'm wondering, could this be revenge porn? It's certainly a species of revenge porn. There's actually a federal statute about disclosure of pictures of people's intimates um, when it's not consented to by the other person. That's a branch of, of, of revenge porn. That's exactly what this lawsuit is. Hmm. Oh, look at that. Uh, but listen, so with Dylan's explanation, right, is because there have been complaints about this. And he said, look, I, I'm just trying to promote the fight. Right? This is all just to right. promote the fight. You know what's interesting, Charles? I talked to uh, Jake Paul, of course, is Logan's brother the other day, and I asked him, do you think Dylan had gone too far? And he really said no. He said that Logan, his brother, could have chosen anyone to fight, and he picked Dylan specifically because he knows this guy is a troll and will then promote the fight, and this will be a big deal, and they're well, going to make a well, lot of money. Well, that's wait, fine wait, wait. Logan's on board, but uh, yeah, Nina but is Nina's not going to be no, on board under with that. Understood. I'm just telling you what, what the guy's own brother is saying. But huh. understood, it's it's not that's Logan not doing the lawsuit here. That may not be doing his brother any favors if he's saying that, really. <laughs> Seriously. I'm this boxing scene from the UK, and my opinion says um, Dylan started off with promotion with the little funny photos, and he's realized how much views he's getting, and he's just taken a bit too far now. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to play... <laughs> like the biggest, world's biggest cynic, that the lawsuit also helps to promote the fight. Well, it helps Does to promote the fight, but you got to think that Nina is no, I, not happy I'm with I'm sure, but also... Because you can file a lawsuit without going in for a restraining order. The restraining order takes it to a different level. Yeah. Well, joining us uh, now is someone we've been talking a lot about because, well, one good friend of yours. Yes. Uh, and also, we've been wondering what in the heck he's doing uh, for the last several months because uh, Bill Maher's show, like every other show in Hollywood, has been shut down, just about every other show. Been for shut months. Down for months. Because of the, uh, the writer's strike. And also, even if you didn't have a writer's strike issue, a lot of the people you would have on as guests can't come on now because of the yeah, strike. The, the because actor's of their strike. actor's strike. So uh, a difficult position for Bill Maher. And so we wanted to check in on him because we were just worried. We're that, just worried that, worried that he's doing all right, <laughs> sitting at home. In fact, it, like uh, I, you were saying, it hasn't been since the pandemic, probably since he's been at home this long. So, uh, Bill Maher, welcome back to TMZ Live. Hey, Bill. Thank you for your concern, and please tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> you must be you must be going crazy right now. Well, th thankfully, I have my podcast club ranch. Right. So uh, that does give me something, and I love it, and boy, am I glad I started that. Uh, and also, I'm on the road. Uh, you know, I mean, that's, of course, that's only a couple of weekends a month. I'm, I'm at the MGM Grand in Vegas coming up in, I think, a week or so on yeah. the 16th, 17th. Okay. So that helps. But yeah, I'm not the kind of person who does well when you throw me out of work. I love my show, and it's not like I have a family that bothers me all the time <laughs> that I could <laughs> pretend to be caring about. I, I need my show. That is my family. All right, so just to be sure, so no kids are about to come running up the stairs behind you <laughs> asking you to get dinner ready or anything like that. If they are, they're not mine, right. I hope. <laughs> 
So is that, Bill, I'm wondering if that's why you had some comments this week where you were pretty critical of uh, the strike. Is this just out of frustration because you want to get back to work? You know, you said that you just felt like this was poorly timed. They have no leverage now. A lot of things about the strike that you just felt like this was not right. Well, I mean, obviously I'm supportive of the strike or else I'd, I'd be working because, trust me, the door is open for my <laughs> network. Uh, I could absolutely do a show without writers. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm obviously un understanding about what their, their gripes are, and they have legitimate gripes. I think when that was taped, we were only talking about the writer's strike, not also the uh, actors going out as well. I mean, they're two different animals. Um, part of the problem I have is that uh, everything in this country becomes a proxy war for our larger politics. And that's true of the strike also. So there's only one side you hear. And not to toot my own horn, but without my show on, you never hear, certainly liberal people never hear the other side of anything. Uh, so there's lots of things to be said about this strike. And there are some things that they're demanding that, yes, I don't agree with. They want to micromanage the creative process in a way that I think is antithetical to anybody who is an artist. They want to tell people how many people, what kind of people you can have working on your show, writing your show. Uh, that's, I mean, for years we, we understood that uh, standing over <laughs> the creator and telling them how to do it, you know, when the suits were doing that, it was the worst thing in the world you could do is creativity by committee. And now they want to mandate it. I mean, having said that again, I'm one of my writers. You know, I read every word every writer of mine writes. I don't have like that person, that head writer type who who filters it to me. We work very closely together. I love them and I want to get back to work with them. Um, but it, it, you just don't hear all the sides to this. Um, so I guess that's what I was saying. And yeah, there is some frustration. I mean, there's a lot of people who've been thrown out of work and this is, it's been going on a very long time. I don't understand why the governor of the state doesn't get involved. This is one of the state's main industries. Why doesn't he get them in a room together and say, look, you knuckleheads, this is going to get settled at one point. Now let's find the number right now and just do it. But that doesn't seem to be happening. So I am going stir crazy myself on Friday nights because I want to watch your show. So I'm going to pretend that um, you're on real time right now. And I want to ask you about something because you and I have had a lot of talks about age. Let's, let's call this real-ish time with Harvey Levin. Right. We've had a lot of talks, Bill, about age. And I know your feeling has always been that you don't count somebody out because of their age. But I gotta say, when you look at what's going on with Mitch McConnell, what's going on with Dianne Feinstein, the fact that Joe Biden is, you know, 80 now, and there is talk about can he really go through another term? You look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, where they gave up a seat because she stayed too long. Have you rethought at all the notion that maybe there's a safety valve by saying at a certain age, we should just call it quits when it comes to public service. No, because, <laughs> yes, what I said is that it's a case-by-case -case basis. The cases you mentioned, obviously, they should probably, certainly Diane Feinstein. I mean, that's a no-brainer. She should step aside. I mean, she can't do the job. Mitch McConnell looks like he's pretty much in the same boat. 
I wouldn't put Biden in that boat. I think that's greatly exaggerated. Uh, he was always a bit of a stumbler. He's always a bit of a gaffe machine. Uh, he's old, yes. Would I prefer somebody younger and better? Yes. Would I also prefer Donald Trump to be defeated because he's undoubtedly going to be the candidate on the Republican side? I mean, the, the Democrats almost made this mistake the last time. I mean, they could have nominated somebody else who probably would have lost to Trump in 2020. So do I love everything about Biden? No, I don't. But, you know, as I've always said, Joe's like non-dairy creamer. He's nobody's first choice, but he does get the job done. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's somewhat exaggerated that, you know, he fell off his bike. Oh, so what? Can you imagine Trump's fat ass even getting on a bike? <laughs> yes, it's not ideal. And he wouldn't be my first choice. And do certain things make me cringe, like when he speaks? Yes. But, you know, this is American politics. For some reason, we only get two choices. But once they're in, it's hard to get them out because right now it doesn't look like Mitch McConnell's going anywhere. It doesn't look like Dianne Feinstein's going anywhere. Well, there are several others. And so I get your point that you look at it case by case, but when it goes south, they don't leave. I mean, the incumbency re-election rate for Congress is over 90%. Yes, you need the jaws of life to get these people out of <laughs> But that's no matter how old they are. So you're saying it should be on a case by case basis. Does that mean there should be yeah. sort of a test, sort of as, as Nikki Haley had proposed? A test, yeah, if you, if you give it to everybody. Otherwise, I think it's just ageism. I think it's just a prejudice. Hmm. All right, uh, we are gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, Bill's gonna stay here. He's gonna be with us and uh, we'll continue the conversation. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to TMZ Live. We've been talking to uh, Bill Maher, who is um, getting ready for a, some shows in Vegas. And, uh, but we wanted to, we talk, got to, stuff to talk to him about stuff going on in the world. There was a story out today, Bill. And I, I, I thought of you when I read this, that Harvard got the worst grade in America for universities that foster free speech. They said Harvard got a zero and actually would have gotten minus negative. 10. Um, because they are intolerant about free speech. I'm sure you saw this, and I'm also sure you have thoughts on it. Well, this is one of the big problems I think we have in our country is that everybody's in their media silos. So I'm glad that you're reporting a story like that, because the people who only watch liberal media probably will never hear about this. You know, my complaint about Fox News for all those years, uh, and still, is that they lie by omission. They, they just tell you this kind of story they want to hear, uh, that they think their audience wants to hear. I mean, when Trump was president, he could have nuked Belgium. And uh, Tucker Carlson would do an hour that night on the craziness that goes on on college campuses. The problem is that craziness does go on on college campuses. And on the liberal news outlets, they're not going to report that at all. 
So yeah, I'm not surprised about this report from Harvard. What goes on on college campuses is crazy these days. And the younger people, they, they don't even think free speech is something that you should aspire to. They think their feelings are more important than free speech. These brats think that if somebody says something they don't agree with, it's violence. No, violence is when it hurts. Yeah. How do we turn that around, Bill? Because, I, I mean, we've been talking about this for uh, several years now, that, like you said, that people are in, that, in their own silo and they only hear, you know, this echo chamber. What is it going to take for the country to start moving away from that? That's a great question. Uh, a great solution would be if uh, news media would go back to being a lost leader. In other words, if they didn't think they had to make a profit doing it, because as long as that's the motivation, um, you know, these news outlets, they get ratings and sometimes they go to, I guess, often go to focus groups and their audience. What they want to do is just make their audience turn the dial up like that. Oh, yes, I like that. I already believe that that re that reinforces what I already think. And, oh, you said something that challenges me? Ooh, boo, dial down. <laughs> and as long as that's what's going on, I mean, uh, as long as they're in the audience stroking business, it's not going to get better. I had a, just a fascinating conversation a couple hours ago with somebody. Um, I don't know if you thought about this, but I, I was talking to somebody who's a lifelong Democrat, and he has only voted for Democrats. But he said on the local level... He has, is becoming a Republican because he's looking at cities that are just going by the wayside, you know, like Portland, like San Francisco and downtown Los Angeles, and that the policies have pushed him into Republican territory on the local level. I found that really fascinating. And that's going to continue. Uh, I mean, when did we legalize shoplifting? <laughs> You know, that, that's the kind of stuff that drives people crazy. Right. I've seen plenty of videos of people just walking in, taking stuff and leaving, and nobody seems to stop them. This is progressive. Stealing is now progressive. This is, what, justice shopping? Um, yeah, they're going to drive lots of people. I mean, this is a pattern we've seen in America a lot of times. And Trump is going to get up there and talk about American carnage. And uh, it's, it's, it's all... And people, it's going to resonate with people. They're going to want strong men, and uh, they're doing it to themselves. Huh. Okay, let's talk, let's yeah, talk let's Vegas. Talk, let's talk something, because that was dark. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about your, uh, your upcoming residency in Vegas at the MGM Grand. How many nights are you doing? Like you said at the beginning, it's a great outlet for you, something you get you out of the house. Well, it's also what I love doing more than anything else in the world. It's what I started doing. I've been doing it forever. I never want to stop doing it. It feeds whatever else I do because I get to see the country. Um, of course, Vegas is unique because the country comes to you. you right, know, that's right. What, I mean, you say it, or you say residency. I mean, yes, I'm I'm there at that hotel about six times a year. I mean, there are people there who six months straight. Don't some of those <laughs> singers? I don't know how they do it, um, but I love Vegas. I mean, Vegas went from the worst gig when I first started to do it. I first opened for Diana Ross. Did you, know you really? Uh-oh. 
Is that so? Uh Oh, you just struck a chord, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, in the 80s, that was my first gig outside of the comedy clubs. Wow. And it was terrible because in the 80s, Vegas was terrible. I mean, it was the end of the Rat Pack era. So it was very geriatric. I was 26 and uh, nobody else in town was. (laughs) They were all all 56 to 86. Uh, And it somehow went from there. And then, of course, Vegas did reinvent itself as a place that young people love. I always say Vegas, I love being there because I can be um, fully myself when I'm in Las Vegas, a prostitute with a gambling problem. Uh, (laughs) I love that I can do a show that's alternative programming, shall we say, because a lot of Vegas is set up for, you know, I mean, it's a lot of magic. It's a lot of very mainstream stuff. And there's got to be some place that it's a little more like I think my show reminds a lot of people of Harvey. You might remember when they used to have lounge shows. And I wish, they had. you know, you could go to see Don Rickles at two in the morning. Uh, at some lounge. It was, no, of course, the room I work is bigger than that, but it's that same feeling, you know, kind of a late night, let's let's just let it all hang out kind of place. No magic here, no dolphins. This is just <laughs> real. And, and I, I love Vegas more than any other place. So it's uh, your September 15th and 16th, November 3rd and 4th. It's so good he's seeing you. Boy, you I hope this strike is resolved soon. I hope Newsom heard what you said because we want you back on the air. Yeah, me too. I want to be back on the air and I want the writers and the actors to get what they deserve. And uh, I want the governor of this state to get them in a room and make it happen. Sounds good to us. Bill, as always, thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. God, I just love listening to him. I really do. Troy Bierman is basically saying, it's time to just, we got to cut bait. We got to bail. We got to get out of here. We are drowning. Uh, And he wants... Drowning Kim in Zolciak, debt. Yeah, drowning in debt and wants Kim Zolciak to um, get on the same page as him and say, like, there is a way that we can get out of this. And he says the, the solution right now is selling our house. Um, she is so not on board with this. But she's not on board for some reason. And, and, and they're living like two different lives right now. He is saying he's selling his stuff to make mortgage payments. She's flying first class to L.A. and going to Craig's restaurant, which is super expensive. (laughs) And she was here for a week, and, you know, it wasn't the best look for Kim. I mean, I like her, but, like, she's walking and talking with the paparazzi and acting like the IRS isn't coming for them and that they owe over a million dollars in all this uh, extra money. What I think is going to happen here is I think uh, Kim is going to realize she has to get on board with Croy, but I feel like she thinks Croy is taking the lead on this right now, and I don't think Kim likes that. I think she sees that Croy has his stuff together. Kim necessarily doesn't. She doesn't have a lawyer right now. She's trying to figure out what she's going to get next for legal representation. By the way, these lawyers can charge up to like $1,000 an hour. It seems like the simplest thing is like sell the house, and if she doesn't get on board, like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Okay, Doke, this makes sense. Uh, it is that time of the week. Yes, your favorite time. We are excited. Tim is here with his rejects. What's up, guys? What do you got, Tim? Do you guys play billiards at all? Uh, yes. Used to, sure. Okay, this might be the coolest trick shot you've ever seen in billiards. So this guy, he's got a spinning cup. He spins the cup, and then he hits the ball, and it goes off the... Oh, my God. And then right into that's the spinning cup. That's an optical cup. illusion. No, I mean, no, it, that, that can't be like real. real. Wait, unless the... 
No, no it, it's hundred percent right. He's a he's amazing. a trick shot master. I don't know how many takes it took him, but nonetheless, he got care. it in the cup. So. That's amazing. The timing. Of, oh my god. Yeah. that was really good. All right. Wow. All right. Tim. So we we've all seen amphibious cars, but how about the world's first all-electric amphibious car? Oh, that uh, sounds very dangerous yeah. to me. No, it doesn't go <laughs> very a, fast. Let's take an electric car <laughs> no, in water. It's, it's sealed under the bottom, so yeah, it's, it's, kind of, okay. it's basically an amphibious car, but it's uh, it know, looks eco, great in the water. It looks stupid it, on land. Oh, uh, you don't need a trailer. I mean, <laughs> it, you looks, know, you can cruise the neighborhood. I no, mean, you, no, you do have a. Well, can, wait a minute. You can drive that on the yeah, on the highway. Uh, you drive. What, you, it's just yeah, going. I know, but can you take that on the highway? It doesn't go very fast. It goes 35 miles an hour. So in the neighborhood, you can cruise around. All right. But. Last huh. one. Okay, last one. All right, so this is cute. Nothing nothing too crazy here. So a dog wake surfing. So uh, this is Rosie the Lab um, out on the water here. It's got the... Uh, Rosie light. better not get hurt here. No, too. no, Ro Rosie <laughs> does not get hurt. She's just cruising. Got the life vest just in case something I'm happens. Nothing. Happen. No, I'm telling you, this is just a it's cute just video. Cute? Just very cool. You, you see dogs surfing, but you don't. Why don't see we ever wake, trust you when you say that? surfing. So you know, All I, right. I thought it was pretty cool. Rosie the dog. There. I think oh. we. I think we got to find a balance between boring and reckless, Tim. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. All right. See ya. could never, ever accuse Cardi B of not knowing how to sell. Um, Boy, got a, that's the truth. <laughs> she's got a new single coming out tomorrow. As you can see from the cover art, there's not a lot left to the imagination there, and neither is there anything left to the imagination with this video. Uh, Cardi is signing some CDs that she printed. Pr promotion. Right, sending, getting ready to send them out to fans, and apparently there were some requests for a particular type of CD, and she is doing her best to, uh, to oblige. Y'all want to scratch and sniff? Y'all want to scratch and sniff videos, bitch? Hold up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Y'all want to scratch and sniff video, bitch? Okay, well, she did a lot more, too, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, there, there, there was, um, she got all, every, all sides covered. Um, she also licked several of them. So there's some happy fans, I guess. Anywho, yeah. uh, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>